ladies and gentlemen, listen to the Prince Podcast Breaking News Edition here with Michael Dean. We join by uh, Mr. Dave Hampton. Sir, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. So I heard some news that just came down, uh, and I see a lot of people sort of losing their heads online about this. So I would to go to the expert. There's only one person you really you got to go to is, is Dave. <laughs> To, to help us understand and break this down. So before we do that, though, let me just set up what, what the what the news is. And this is uh, actually coming out of Associated Press. Uh, ironically enough, the Seattle Times has uh, is, is got the story here. Uh, so let me read a little bit of this. It says, uh, two sisters and heirs of the late rock superstar Prince said Wednesday they're angered that the contents of his vault, including master tapes of unreleased music, uh, and apparently video have been removed from his Paisley Park studio complex and shipped to California. Uh, this is Sharon and Noreen Nelson, uh, Prince's half sisters. Uh, they said they are prepared to take legal action to bring the music back to Minnesota. The company running the estate, uh, now I can't even talk. Cormeca, Comerica Bank and Trust said the recordings are safe at a reputable storage company in Los Angeles. Uh, Sharon says, we want the music back home in Minneapolis where it belongs. Uh, and I guess they're saying that um, they were not notified that this music was going to be moved. Uh, the estate, the bank is saying they did notify them uh, actually on September 29th that right. uh, they would be moving this uh, the, the contents of the vault and I guess they had some truck trucks pulled up uh, I want to find the name of, of the place that they moved it to so they moved it to the Iron Mountain Entertainment Services in California and from my understanding right. this is a very reputable uh, place here uh, that can take care of the masters and maybe possibly are they, you know, switching them over to digital or something so so Dave man uh all we, all the fans, we just see. Oh, here we go! They done stole, you know. They they done took the masters, you know. Now all hell's you know gonna break loose. But break it down, calm us down a little bit. Calm me down. Okay. Well, um, all I can say, and and I'm and again, I'm I'm just answering as somebody who was an engineer at this facility, somebody who had conversations with Prince about the process and what needs to happen to deal with this when the state they were in. And as somebody who deals with other legacy situations, legacy situation is anybody who's had a career 20 years or longer. Okay. Which means everything they do is uh, a legacy holding or has the potential to, to have legacy ramifications. The, probably the safest place right now for the tapes to be because the tapes at this point are, let's call it an unknown asset. They are, they are yes tapes. They are yes from his vault, but until they have a real what's called tertiary examination to see the condition they're in and see what's going on, nobody knows anything. So when you read articles and somebody says, Oh, it's an estimated $200 million vault. We're going to go to court. We're going to do this. This is all something that, you know, and I just glanced at it because you sent it to me. 
and just called me, and I'm actually cooking dinner. So if you hear something in the background, that's lamb chops. Um, but the bottom line is you can't, you can't just name things in an article, and all of a sudden it becomes fodder, it becomes real. So the same way in which we just got finished the debacle where all of a sudden his, this great amass fortune that everybody was saying that these tapes were worth went for 30 million, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, yep. Um, now all of a sudden we got somebody in print and you just sent me an article, somebody already has 200 million. There's somebody running around doing very quick examinations of things and, and shouting out numbers and it sends everybody into a frenzy. It sends anybody mm-hmm. on that side into a frenzy because they're thinking it's, it's whatever. It's, it's a very unofficial way to curate legacy holdings. And at this point, that's all it is. is le- these are legacy assets. The first thing you do is secure assets. And Iron Mountain is who the entire entertainment industry uses. The Los Angeles Lakers use them. If you want Laker footage from when the Lakers were in Minneapolis, you can go there and get Laker footage. You can see old uniforms, Michael Jackson stuff. They got, a lot of people have things there. A lot mm. of people have things there. Okay. It's where... They, they, this division specializes in entertainment assets and in restoration and sto- not only storing them, but restoration and preservation and, yes, transfer if necessary. So it, it, I don't know what the, what the whole thing is because I haven't read the article and you're just calling me. So, right. you know, I don't want anybody calling you talking uh, – furious shit about, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Because this facility is there for one purpose. It's there for everybody to use. They specialize in the entertainment aspect of things because Hollywood is full of films. It's full of old film stock. It's full of uh, all kinds of different machines that have come over the years to make audio recordings and visual recordings. So you need a place that is basically set up so you can go back to the past if somebody, in fact, has things from the past. Not only that, it's a good way, if there was never a consistent record put on anything, to examine things in a laboratory setting and be able to identify what you're dealing with and not harm anything. So the biggest thing I can say when everybody used to ask me, well, what about the vault? You, you interviewed me, a couple other people interviewed me. I said, yeah, the vault is a vault and it has a door and it, has, it look, kind of looks like what you see in a bank. But other than that, it is not a laboratory. Mm. It is not a place that you would go to if you were unearthing something that was potentially historic in any way and one did not want to endanger or, or damage its condition thereof. I would want to open it up in the lab myself because that way what, what happens? If you open it up in a laboratory, what happens is that you will actually see what's happening. You'll be able to understand, okay, this is safe to play. We can do this, we can do this, then you can figure out what you can do. And you don't devalue the potential asset. So right now we're going to go away from having a conversation about all the great songs and all the great recordings, and let's just talk assets, right? Because that's what land we're in. Okay. We're in the land of assets, and assets is things that could potentially have worth. I'm not saying this for any other reason other than that people understand Iron Mountain is a place where entertainment, community, individual artists store their assets. Sports teams, 
restore their digital assets. Any early footage of, of the Lakers playing in black and white has been transferred over to digital. So you can find it if you wanted to find out something early on. And not only Lakers, other sports teams as well. Let and me, individual artists, you know. Let it, me ask, it's a pretty expensive place. Let, let me ask you this. I just want to establish because, uh, you know, just to, so that the, you know, all of the so-called Prince uh, specialists out there uh, let well, these people. I, no, I, no, I'm just going to say. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a Prince specialist. Right, I'm, right. So I was, what I'm going to ask you. My life with it. Right, so what I wanted to ask you though, understood, but what I'm asking yeah. you, what I mean to ask you is give, make sure that we give uh, them an understanding of your place when you were working at Paisley Park. So this is not just somebody that's talking that don't know what they're talking about. Can you let them a little okay, bit know my role, what your role? My role when I got there uh, was, the restoration and repair of the Paisley Park facility in 2003 and to, to return it to total recording status, to update it for the future, and to be able to bring all the tape machines online and be able to do all the things that he could do when he started, uh, which was record at home, not have to record outside of Minneapolis. So that was, that was my duty there. And along with that, uh, to manage the facility, and then to uh, manage the team of engineers we had to secure the data. I had a lot of responsibility there. Um, and among the things that, that, uh, that we did, again, was deal with the uh, contents of the vault because he was bringing up, as we began to be able to record in every studio, he was bringing up ideas from the past that were incomplete because he wanted to include them on things he was working on then. So uh, at that point, you know, we, we, we had had conversations. I think you can go back. I've done a couple of interviews with you now and a couple of the other places. Uh, the same thing. Um, you know, there were some tapes that played. There were some tapes that had difficulties. So part of the real of the situation is that I was there in that capacity. And previously, when before I came to um, Paisley Park, I spent 12 years uh, working for the Herbie Hancock uh, as his personal engineer and taking care of his uh, archive of tapes, his personal archive of his music tapes. So I'm very familiar with the process of, of not only re-recording to analog, but also generating new assets from old assets. Um, and presently, while I'm here in Los Angeles, I work for the estate of Miles Davis. So, and I handle the personal archives for, for the Miles Davis family. Wow. Okay. There, so, there you go. Um, so. But I'm no, I'm no, I'm no expert on Prince. I'm no this. Right. I'm an expert on the time I served with him. I'm an expert on the things that I do, and all the things that are going on, and, and the things that are happening out there where everybody's going to sue and they're going to do this. I'm, I'm not an expert in that. What I am an expert is, is knowing why people do things who have careers in entertainment, and knowing why their families do things after they leave. In order to sustain the the a legacy of what has gone on, and I can't think of a bigger legacy that gives me enough experience to talk than the legacy of Miles Davis. There you go. Now, ju again, just to reiterate and, and and give some better understanding, you know, the knee jerk reaction is that oh, they're trying to steal his music, or the music needs to stay in Paisley Park, but it sounds as if this facility is the place that this may be an opportunity to, as you said, assess what they have and if need be, uh, per, you know, convert 
things over or save things and make sure that they stay in right. tip-top t condition. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment, and I'll give you an even better assessment. I'll give you a freaking quote. Okay. As the person responsible for bringing Paisley online in 2004 and uh, from 2003 on through to their restoring the tape machines, bringing the studios online, um, before anything is done in those rooms, anything is done that has to do with the preservation or any of that, there's a whole nother different thing that has to take place to the gear and to everything else going on there to make it the conditions you would need to verify some of the things that are going on. It's great that it should stay there because that's where his home base was. And I, I fully understand the passion involved in, in maybe those feelings. The thing that I probably kind of separate from that is the fact that at this point, there's been so much financially probably lost to the other processes that have been going on that the maintenance and upkeep and conversion to actually make the studio able to do the laboratory-like things you need to do for care and preservation of potentially some things that may need to be have restoration process or what's called remediation, um, are better served going to a separate facility. Now, this is not any fly-by-night garage with a refrigerator on it. This is a fully licensed, insured, bonded place that, that is in business for some time, and they have a very good reputation. The people are very uh, smart over there, and they're very open and honest, and uh, they, they, they've done special care in developing the facility that these are going to. So I, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for everybody at Iron Mountain. And, you know, if anybody at Iron Mountain uh, gets a hold of your broadcast and they, they want any information from me, they feel free to call me and I, I, I can consult with them. I don't mind talking to them or telling them anything. These are the things that need to happen in the right way in order to make sure that his thing is preserved and to make sure that for those family members that maybe feel uneasy because it left Paisley, if that in fact is the truth, because we only know what people write. Right. That's true. Um, it, it would be better for them to engage themselves in the process so they could, they could come get a tour, see what it's like and understand what, what's going on because the better job that happens with Iron Mountain is the more that your assets can do to help you carry on the, the uh, legacy of your relative who was passed on. Let me ask so it you. Was oh, seen to me, it would seem to me to be very presumptuous to, to be jumping up and down going, I'll sue, I'll sue. Mm -hmm. If you don't really know what's going what's gonna to happen, what do you have to fear? Do you think these people are all just going to go home and, oh, well, they're just going to be booting print tapes all over the world? No, that's not that. It's not that kind of party. It's just, it's just not. It's just not. Some things, you know, happen the way that they're supposed to. And that's why those things happen in entertainment. And those aren't the, you know, we're, we're used to seeing all the, you know, uh, I, for lack of a better term, man, the thing that happens right now, especially in our community, and you always want me to keep it funky, right? <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, sir. The thing that happens right now is we have so many people who their, their mentality is always to go to the 
the the least common denominator. They're always going to make the assumption that there's there's something happening that's that's you know there's something rotten afoot. You know, they should have had that attitude a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. right? They should have had that attitude a year and a half ago. I think the better thing to do is to say now that it is in this this other hands and and Comerica is just a responsible agency. Why would Comerica do it? So people shouldn't be vilifying Comerica. People should understand what Comerica's job is. Their job is to do the very best they can while they are in charge of things to make sure that these assets, if they are assets, potential assets, let's call them, get the very best look possible to see what they're worth and to see what it can be used for. Because their, their job until their release is probably to, just to make decisions and help line things up. So right now, we've been through, we've been through several rounds of this, right? right. So they're, they're the ones who are in charge now. And understand that agencies like Comerica, they just don't sit there with a dartboard and make it up. They have a fiscal, what's called a fiduciary responsibility to, to what they've been assigned by the court, which means they are totally liable if they make some, some bonehead decisions. That's why people run around and, and they get crazy and, and oh, do this, do this. You know, you got to look at why, why would somebody get excited and go crazy if somebody's going to help you figure out what this is worth. Well, and, and that's why I want to ask you, you let me ask you a question. Let me, let me cut you real, for a second. I want to go down that road. There's always uh, a reason or an agenda or something when a story comes out, particularly a story like this. You know, the I, I, I'm, I'm not imagining the reporter is the one who sort of broke the story. I mean, somebody probably had to come and tell them what was I going think, on. Why I do you think, think the story is like out there? Whenever something like this happens, it's always somebody. Agenda is the right word. And it, it's always somebody with a motive. First of all, you can read the article and see the article is, is filled with dangerous language. I mean, and I didn't even finish reading it. I just, you sent it to me, a couple other people sent it to me, and I'm up here trying to cook dinner. I said, what is this? And then you said you're going to call me. I said, let me read this. I got to one thing, and I had to stop. What was that one thing? Well, it's it's the way that people write. You know, they write something where they go, oh, this is, you know, this is potentially $200 million. And the minute somebody goes, Two hundred million, anything. When they say anything, remember where we're at on this, people. We're working our way up from thirty, mm. right? That's right. Right. Let's be keep it funky, as Michael says. We're working our way up from thirty. So if we're just to look at this as a value conversation, the last time this thing was valued on the open market. The advisors and everybody else who directed something to be done, which had nothing to do with Co-America, suggested that they do this deal that has now been rescinded. So at this point, when we have an article that comes out, and the article goes 200 million in the course of the article, it's just a number. It's just something somebody threw out there. But the author of the article did it for a reason. And I would love to know why they have to put a presumptive value on something that is not yet defined. That's the most insulting thing you could do to the family. It's the most insulting thing you could do to the legacy of Prince. And it's the most dishonest thing. If anybody planted that article, 
the most dishonest thing that you could do to to kind of try and throw a monkey wrench in in a process that is established. Everybody uses agencies like this to figure out what they have. Understand this is nothing new. You 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 name some top people and they have their assets and their holdings in facilities. And if they find something a lot of people, a lot of entertainers used to keep their stuff in their garage until they had a rainstorm and go, Oh honey, get these things out of here. And he said, Oh, that's sitting with some old tapes. And many artists have lost things over the years because it was just some old tapes in the garage. And that's why places like this exist. Because when these entertainers are coming up, they didn't know they were going to be famous. They didn't know they were going to write music that would change the world. But as soon as they do and they leave us, those things belong to their family. So places like this exist to secure the wealth for the family and to make sure that they preserve the legacy so that it is it's best be able to handle and disperse into the world if the family so chooses to share those assets with the world. Is that a good way to to put it? Did I keep it funky enough? No, you, you, you answered the question. I guess this kind of shows that there's still some division with the family possibly. I'm not even going to speak to that because I don't know these people and I don't want them hating right. me for being, I'm explaining a process that I'm very familiar with because of the other people that I've worked with who are legacy artists. So I'm explaining a process. So they can, they, you know, it's very easy for everybody to get inflamed, but the bottom line is, look, um, part of this thing is that as family members, it, it behooves everybody to just be together, be of one accord. Right. You know, I, I think whatever that, whatever that, sub drama is we don't know that we we don't know any of that all we know as fans is hey it's moving tapes are moving from pace now if somebody wants to try and set everybody off into a big outrage yeah you could do that but you know i i think it's a wait and see philosophy i would much rather see them there then see any of these other things happen that potentially might have happened. You know, we know the 30 didn't work out, right? Right, right. So thank God that crew's out of there. I haven't heard anybody saying that. But, you know, let's keep it funky, as Mike says. You need to get some teachers that say keep it funky. That's there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just, you know, you know how I am, Mike. I, 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 tell you, I look at it all from several angles. And when I finish cooking this great meal, um, I'll sit down and read the, the article in its entirety, but I have a feeling I know what it's going to, it's going to be more of, you know, well, well, I appreciate you, man, taking time from your, your chitlins and hog mogs to, uh, not, to... <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, I appreciate I'm not you. Explain to that skill. I don't, I don't cook chitlins. I don't know. I'm cooking lamb chops and, and broccoli and uh, asparagus. All right. All right. right. Well, again, sincerely, though, I appreciate you taking the time to help sort of explain the process of this whole thing and what it possibly could be and to give us a little better understanding of what's going on. Definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I think, look, you know what I I think, man, everybody should, you know, write in if you've got questions about anything I've said, write into Michael and, and we'll do a whole show about about tapes and about anything if you want to get technical and then 
or whatever. I'll try and answer them offline. Whatever works for you, Mike. I no, mean, we'll I it basically out. just want the I want the fans to not to not get inflamed before we we know actually what's going on because it's right. like to some of us and and you were there to see all of us meet for the first time. You saw yeah. Susan, myself, Scotty, uh, uh, Hans. Hans. You saw all of us meet for the first time, and you know what you saw was 30 years of his engineering all in one room. And so we were seeing each other after only knowing each other through our work through different periods. Mm. So understand what that is. You're, you're, you know, we have a, we have a special kindred to the thing because we understand the process. So for us, when we see something like, Oh, it's, it's going to go here. It might do this. We already understand what kind of organizations exist to do that. What kind of, work takes place, you know, there are also, you know, capital records and other places that have very extensive ovens and other things that they have to bake tapes and do, do everything else. So there are a lot of people who are in the restoration and preservation business and, and uh, business is good, but it's nothing to fear. It's nothing to get mad at. I think if anything, let's keep people honest, use the anger that you have over them leaving Paisley to keep people honest so that there's honest reporting in what they find. There's honest reporting in the value assessments that people write about. And there's honest reporting when it comes to what people need to really get upset about and what they don't. I mean, think about it for a second. If if it was you and it was happening to you and you're a year and a half, two years into a process that hasn't gone too well, would you rack up more legal fees? trying to run around and sue somebody before you even knew what was going on. So even when they write an article like that, what it makes the, the, the two family members look like, it makes it look like they don't know what they're doing. And I find that hard to believe. I, I, think, I think those family members know full well what they're doing. They're very informed. So you can't believe everything you read until it, it turns into whatever it's going to turn into. Now, now we got to separate what is passion for. I don't think it should leave into the facts of, well, why would Comerica say do this? What's the, what's the business and the, uh, the fiscal and, and the fiduciary decision-making that's going on here? Because you got to remember, at the end of this cycle, everybody is responsible for the, shot, the, calls they, they, the shots they call. So if somebody says it's your job, Michael, to watch something and make good decisions, at the end of your decision-making period, if you did anything wrong, if you did anything unscrupulous, it's going to come to bear because that was your responsibility, right? Right, right. So I really feel like the same gun that we all were under. I was under the same gun when I worked for him. I told total responsibility for any decisions I made. You know, and yeah, it, it really separates you because you don't have a life in some areas for some time, but if you're into what you're doing, you can, it, it adds a little part to a big puzzle and things go real cool and, and you see it. And so all of us who are on the other side, we've seen the machine work. We understand a, a lot more about it, uh, but I, I don't think for one minute um, and I can't believe everything I read in some of these articles. So sometimes when I read the article, I kind of take it apart because it, it's such, you know, I hate to sound like Donald Trump saying fake news, but uh -oh. okay. it's, it's, you know, it's manufactured communication. Let's call it that. 
All right, we're gonna we're gonna end it on that one, Dave. The professor has spoken. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to go on, but I just don't want to be misunderstood. No, you're good. Okay. We we got you. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, leave your comments, ask your questions. We will uh, get back with you. But again, make sure you thank Dave on Facebook and reach out to him. Thank you for uh, sharing your time. Work it like a job. We'll see you next time on the Prince Podcast. Peace.